Welcome to the Decode 6 podcast, where we take your questions about carbon and ecosystem services and match them to the experts with the answers. I'm your host, DJ May. And today we're tackling measurement, reporting, and verification, or as it's often called in the carbon market world, MRV. Specifically, what are the challenges for measuring, reporting, and verifying soil carbon sequestration? Before we dig in, let's meet our expert, Dr. Jerry Hatfield. Jerry was formerly a laboratory director and plant physiologist for the United States Department of Agriculture, Agricultural Research Service. Now in retirement, he's serving as an agricultural consultant. He is an expert in evaluating the dynamics of the soil-plant-atmosphere continuum to increase crop production efficiency, enhance soil health, and combat climate change. Which is a mouthful. But all of that to say, Jerry is the perfect person to talk about the challenges for measuring, reporting, and verifying soil carbon. So welcome, Jerry. Great to have you here. Well, thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here uh, with you as well to to talk about carbon, one of my favorite topics and everything. So, (laughs) Perfect. Well, you're the right guy for the job, but uh, we can jump right in. So tell us, what are the challenges for measuring, reporting, and verifying soil carbon? Yeah, that's probably the $64,000 question of, of, of soil science today is, is how do you measure carbon? Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge from this perspective. And, and you have both a, a spatial component to it and you've got a temporal component to it. So we have the ultimate of space and time. Uh, and, and space is, uh, a little bit more complex than just saying, well, if I sample from the bottom of the hill up to the top of the hill, I'm going to be something, but, uh, you know, we know that there's differences along that path, but then you got a spatial component that is really quite worrisome is the fact that what's in the upper surface and then what's in the lower part of the soil profile. And so you've, you've got those two dynamics, those multidimensional dynamics in terms of space. And then you got time. <laughs> you got time that's saying, you know, when do, when do I best sample? Because uh, we know there's inputs. And if, you know, we talk about a carbon balance within that soil. So what's in this dynamic pool and what's in the more stable pool? And so our favorite measurement <laughs> in soil carbon is soil organic matter. And you, you look at it and soil organic matter is kind of the end point of a lot of things that's there because that, that's a piece that going into organic matter, it's a little bit more stable over time. But the part of carbon that is probably the most dynamic is how much biological activity is there. We have a lot of, of carbon that's tied up in, in very transient uh, microbial systems and soil biological systems. You know, we, we talk about soil as a living organism. And, and in that living part of that process, you know, we're, we're storing carbon, uh, we're reducing, we're changing carbon, we're respiring, we got all these different pieces. So a lot of, a lot of measurement right now is, is focused on all these different facets. So how much microbial activity is changing, how much organic matter is changing, which tends to be fairly slow. And then you've got, you know, what's going into the inorganic pool uh, that's being changed as well. And so all of a sudden, we went from this very simple saying, saying, well, let's look at soil organic matter content. And everybody else is saying, whoa, <laughs> there are a lot of things that are changing within this soil 
that are reflective of the carbon balance. And so how do we start looking at this? So people are now saying, well, let's measure CO2 respiration rate uh, and then see how much that's changing. Let's look at uh, different parts of this puzzle uh, and all of these different components and then let's not forget the inorganic part. So that's why the whole measurement complex has <laughs> really become a lot more confusing lately in saying, what do I measure? And then you get into the saying, saying, well, when do I measure it? So if you're talking about microbial activity, obviously in Iowa, measuring microbial activity during the dead of winter is probably not a good representation of what's going on. It's probably sometime during the summer. And then, you know, how often do you have to make these measurements to get a real representation? And, and then, uh, you know, you look at organic matter, uh, the dynamics of that are really uh, probably a lot more variable than what people think uh, in all of this. We know that there, as we improve soils, we do see a general trend upward. But if we sampled it once a month over a year, we'd see that number go fluctuate just because of different dynamics as well. So that's why the measurement complex is there. Uh, and I think it frustrates a lot of people saying, how do I really calculate this? Uh, do I know that I'm headed towards the right way? And you see all of these techniques coming in now. Uh, we're trying to go back and, and say, if we could measure with remote sensing, uh, how much biological activity above the soil surface that we're looking at, can we estimate how much carbon is going into that soil? And, and then just do the simple measurements in terms I say simple uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what's happening in terms of the soil carbon balance out there. And so I, I think this is be, will become our challenge. Uh, and then let's not underestimate this spatial variation piece. And so we can come in and start looking at, uh, at fields and, and looking at this and, and subdividing that field and saying, let's look at the, the lower organic matter parts. Let's look at the higher organic matter. Let's look at spatial distribution and typically in soil science you know we we measure we're very fond of the upper 18 to, to 24 inches most of the time the 18 inches is is the depth we go but you know we got roots that go down you know we're talking about four or five feet so how much organic matter uh, carbon gets down to that point uh, how rapidly does that change you know to go out and start making uh you know, four foot profiles out there is a lot of curiosity in terms of <laughs> how many times do we have to make that measurement? How stable is it? Uh, all these different things. So it's a pretty complex question that uh, there's been a lot of different approaches on. And I think that as one of the things that we have to do in this whole MRV approach, measurement, reporting, and verification is is really start looking across methods and across time and space and saying, are there things that we're going to have to develop uh, a new ways to looking at this? Uh, there are some aspects in terms of, uh, of robotics now. Can you send little machines out in the field that, that just would probe? I mean, we've done wonders with the Mars rover, <laughs> you know, looking at soils. Can, can we have a whole set of Mars-type rovers for the Earth that, that sample our organic matter and, and saying, you know, what are we changing in the soil that we don't have to cart 
that whole field back to the lab for analyses as well? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm hearing is it's not just like a one and done situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a one and done DJ. I mean, I think that really becomes the part of this is that uh, you can think about this as a lot of future opportunity (laughs) for people, to soil sample uh, and labs that are soil sampling and all of this. So I see this as a, as a real growth industry (laughs) for agriculture. Uh, but at the same time, let's let's just not look at it from a carbon perspective. Let's look at it in terms of, of soil health parameters. Uh, let's saying, are we really improving and enhancing our soil resource? So let's just not be focused on one part of the puzzle. Is let's look at it holistically and saying, what's the best thing we can do to preserve and enhance our soil resource? Yeah. Well, on that note, I mean, if I wanted to go get a baseline or start understanding like what I have going on with my soil resource, I guess, how would you start? What kind of tests would you recommend? How do you get a baseline? The baseline, I I would take, uh, let's just take an example of a 160 acre field. Uh, I I would come in and, and look at the soil map for that field. The other piece that I would look at if I were a producer is, is look at my yield map. Uh, and saying, you know, are there parts of that field that have low productivity and other parts that have high productivity? I would use that to kind of gauge my my soil sampling. Uh, and, and you, you know, you can always pull down soil maps from Sergo and all the NRCS databases, but you can walk that field. And then I would I would pick parts of that field that, that uh, I think are representative and I would I would geolocate them <laughs> so I could come back to near that same spot time after time. Uh, so I wouldn't do a random sampling. I would do a very stratified sampling. Uh, and then I'd look at things like organic matter. Uh, I'd look at, uh, I'd even get my own texture analysis done <laughs> rather than relying on what's in the database. Uh, and I'd look at the micronutrients and, and all. I'd do a very comprehensive baseline test of a lot of different parameters, even biological activity. Uh, and a lot of labs now do this uh, in terms of routine analysis. And, and then I would say, you know, where are we at <laughs> with this? Where is it at spatially? Uh, and then when we start thinking about changes that go into that, uh, so if you get into a program that says, okay, I want you to increase carbon content by reducing tillage or adding cover crops, uh, you know, are are those systems that management practices we put in causing an impact in the changes out there? Things like wet aggregate stability, for example, uh, we know really responds to microbial activity. Uh, and so just invest in the, into tests that add value to your decision making uh, and, and look at it from that perspective and spend a lot of time talking to other people have, who have made measurements and seen their changes in their soils. And this is where I think that a lot of communication with people who've been there can help you determine what measurements you need to be making as well. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so chat with your friends and know that there's a lot of opportunity for growth in this area, even though it's a huge challenge right now. Yep. Yep, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. Well, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. If you're looking for more information about carbon sequestration and measurement reporting and verification, check out the show notes for links to related research. 
And if you're curious about carbon and ecosystem services, or you have more questions that we should answer, come visit us at decode6.org to learn more.